This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Well, you just can't worry about, you know, some of the swirling conversations. I was a part of those swirling conversations for nine years. You know, we have to earn our money. So don't pay attention to everything that's being written. You know, Derek knows uh, what he he's he's all about and what 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 kind of quarterback he is. So, you know, just try not to uh, listen to the elevator music and worry about the things you can't control. He's he's a he's a heck of a guy. He's a, he's a really mentally tough guy, and he's a he's a really good quarterback that uh, is really starting to play great for us. And I think people are starting to recognize that. So there's John Gruden right there, and welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. He talked earlier to the media, and he was talking about the swirling noise around Derek Carr, and the question really was posed to him about Aaron Rodgers and his situation. Gangster Raider brought up before we took a break about Deshaun Watson and maybe his availability. I said I wouldn't touch him right now. I would uh, definitely let that go ahead and play out the the whole scenario and see how it shakes out before I even think about uh, bringing him on to any team across the league. I'm not just talking exclusively with the Raiders. I'm just talking in general, but again, that's just me but that swirling noise that he was talking about don't worry about what you can't control you can't control someone from calling in and saying hey trade him hey get rid of him he's not doing it you can't do that you can't worry about it you just got to go out there and play your game and to Derek's credit what he's done every year under John Gruden has continued to improve continue to improve and continue to improve Uh, you heard Vic Tafer if you joined us in the last half hour he was talking about things that Derek needs to continue to work on and he's done something every single year he has on his little notebook and he said it before himself I work on something that John challenges me with each and every year. Uh, Vic believes it's going to continue to use his legs. Obviously, ball protection in the in the pocket is going to be major. Uh, we saw him, you know, drop the ball uh, quite a bit and, and lose the ball quite a bit in 2020. He's got to do a better job of that, and I think he's very well aware of that. One quick text that I want to get to on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Make sure you visit SalmonAsh.com because you deserve what's right. Hey Q, this is MH for Raiders in the IE, and I believe this defense will be opportunistic and will give the team a plus margin in turnovers. And I'll tell you right now, thank you so much for that text. I appreciate you. That is a key. That is a huge key. And I hate that the point of reference of when the Raiders went to the playoffs, but that's that's what we have. That's what we have to talk about in 2016 when the Raiders did make the playoffs. And unfortunately, Derek wasn't able to play in that after getting injured in that Christmas Eve game against the Indianapolis Colts at the Oakland Coliseum. I remember it like it was yesterday. Just he wasn't able to play in that, obviously. But the reason why they were given the opportunity many times that season in the game to come back and win, because there was a lot of things that went right for the Raiders in 2016. But the reason why Derek had opportunities to come back late in games is because the defense created some turnovers and gave him the ball back on a short field or just gave him the ball back in general. And the one thing about Derek Carr that you cannot take from him, when push comes to shove and it's the end of a game and you've got to get into the end zone, you've got to get down the field and score, he could do it. I, I don't know if he goes into Madden mode or what he does, but all of a sudden he just, boom, it clicks. Something clicks for him, and you can't be mad at that. You want a guy that's got the... The stones, let's just put it like that. Got the stones to to get you where you need to be in the clutch moment at the end of a game. Not a guy who's going to wither. 
Not a guy who's going to crumble and fold. A guy that can get you up and down the field and into the end zone when need be. And and Derek Carr, I'm not I'm not writing any statistic. I'm not making up any statistic. You can go back and look. Derek Carr has done that. That's the one thing you cannot, regardless of your feelings on him, you cannot take from him. When push comes to shove at the end of the game, you need a score. Guess who will go get you one? Number four, he'll make that happen for you. Coming up at 3.30, Steven Simcox, he'll join me. Locked on TCU, does a great job covering the Horn Frogs like a, a, a glove. He went to TCU. He's studied and watched Trayvon Merrick, second-round draft pick out of TCU. He studied and watched him, talks about him all the time. He's going to join us to talk about Trayvon Merrick and what Raider fans should expect from the, the, the safety, the guy who's going to be in charge of really being a ball hawk and being the guy that could be opportunistic and create some turnovers. He'll join us at 3.30, plus we'll ask him about the Big 12. But right now, on the daily, I like to kind of look around the NFL and see what's going on. I like to call it Cover 3. It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And the Dolphins, they had a welcome sight today as training camp opened up in Miami. Xavier Howard, his holdout is over over their three uh, their their mandatory three day mini camp that they had in June. He uh, he was not there. He skipped the the whole off season, which was about ninety three thousand dollars in fines uh, because he wanted a new contract. And it's crazy as many interceptions as Xavier Howard has had over the course of his career and led the league in interceptions in twenty twenty with ten. He's not the highest paid defensive back on his team. That goes to Byron Jones, who they brought in as a free agent heading into the 2020 season as he came over from Dallas. And Xavier Howard, with all the production he's had throughout the course of his career, all the interceptions that he's created, you want to talk about a ball hawk, that's a guy, for some reason, I don't get it. I'll tell you this right now, I don't get it why they throw at him as much as they throw at him. But he gets his hands on the ball, and he, he goes the other way with it. He's, uh, he reported to camp today. He did show up. He uh, recently signed a five-year, $75.25 million extension. That was 2019. He's supposed to make a little bit over $12 million in 2021. Uh, he's, he's working on getting that taken care of. He's working on getting a little bit of a, a, a pay bump to kind of satisfy him. But right now in Miami, they have a couple of high-priced corners in Byron Jones and Xavier Howard and a guy that they did not know if he was going to show up to camp, if he was going to demand a trade, what was going to happen with him. He showed up today, so good news. Fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> oh, he got. Oh, yeah. He's he. he yeah, you're right, Demond. He he didn't want to pay that fifty thousand. He wants to get a, a pay bump. He don't want to dish out no money. And you know what? And I think I heard Roger, uh, not Roger. I think I heard JT say this the other day that Roger Goodell, you've got to give him a lot of credit. He catches a lot of heat, but you've got to give him a lot of credit for putting that rule in that when a team gives you that fifty thousand dollar fine, when you don't show up, they can't just say, okay, hey, he showed up. Never mind. We'll just waive it like they did in the past. Now they have to pay it, and now you're seeing guys show up. And that's a great way to transition to Aaron Rodgers. He showed up today at a, in Green Bay at their training camp facility, showed up with his flip-flops on, his hair pulled back in a ponytail, just chilling, looking like nothing was wrong. He's, he's back in Green Bay. We talked about it briefly on the show yesterday. Uh, that was my expectations all along, that he was going to be back in Green Bay. Uh, this looks like this will probably be the last year for him, possibly the last year for Devontae Adams. Who knows what direction they go. There was some sentiment and some thought that maybe he'll be a, 
a free agent at the end of the year. They'll kind of work his contract where he's a free agent. I think that that would be silly and crazy and just let him go for nothing. I, I don't think that any team's going to be willing to do that, but you don't know the kind of conversations and the details in the conversations that have been going on in the background. Uh, I've heard some say that he's going to just say where he wants to be traded. Either way, he's going to be a hot commodity following the 2021 season. Devontae Adams, who will be a free agent unless he gets franchised, will be a hot commodity. And it looks like one of the stipulations that Aaron Rodgers had to returning to Green Bay this season was to get Randall Cobb back. And apparently right now the Packers are in uh, they're in their – They're in process, let's put it like that, of trying to get Randall Cobb from the Texans in a trade. And I'll tell you, I was surprised when when Green Bay let Randall Cobb go a few years ago. He went and spent a year in Dallas, then went to uh, Houston last year, and it looks like he's going to be back in Green Bay, and Aaron Rodgers is going to get one of his running mates back. But uh, DeMond, no surprise. No surprise Aaron Rodgers is back in the fold. Of course, because $50,000, $50,000 each day, I mean, right. come on, it would add up. And like you said, they can't just shoo-shoo it away like, oh, we'll take care of that right. for you. And I don't care how much money you make. It's like, man, I ain't trying to pay them $50,000. No, I'll no, go, not I'll go to work and I do nothing. Right, exactly. Not at all, man. I can't I can't afford to take a $50 fine, let alone, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. If it was like, oh, work, like, I'll go. It was like, you don't really even have to do nothing, man. Just come to work. Man, oh, just show okay. up, right? But, then, <laughs> just, but here's my thing, Q. What okay. if they just say to Aaron, oh, we'll try, oh, you want Randall Cobb? And that's like, I like how that's like his leverage. I think this is a, this is a case of a bad, a bad negotiation, a bad holdout where he's just like, all right, I want some things to change. Okay. And then it's just like, he's fine. Like he's got like, he's got no cards to play. And it's like, all right, give me Randall Cobb. And what if they just say they, they agree to that, but it's like, oh, we couldn't make it work. Houston wanted too much. They knew that we, like you were forcing our hands. So they were asking for like a, a first or a second round pick. What if they just lied to him and say, we couldn't get it done. What's he going to do? Uh, he's Aaron Rodgers. I think he carries a little bit more weight in the organization. I really do. Apparently I, I, he doesn't. Nah, he, he does because, look, Isn't everybody— that his whole gripe is that they don't respect him enough? I'm sorry, I'm not trying to make fun of him. No, but I'm just saying. Like his whole gripe hey, is that look, they I don't get respect it. me enough. So I, I get so, it. You know, give him the old okey-doke. Oh, yeah, we'll try to get Randall. Just come, just come on back to work. Look, there's certain guys throughout the league that carry enough weight and they have enough— uh, you know, enough name value that they can ask some things that your normal cat can't ask. You know what I mean? I mean, really, you can't, you're not going to see somebody, just some some guy come in and say, hey, um, I'm only going to be happy if you go out and get, you know, my wide receiver that I used to have. Or, or think about it like this, like Andy Dalton right now is the starting quarterback in Chicago, right? We all know that at some point Justin Fields is going to take over, but do, do, could you imagine if Andy Dalton said, hey, um, I'm not going to play with you guys unless you go out and get A.J. Green because I played with them in Cincinnati. They'd be like, okay, Andy, we'll buy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's certain guys that have name value where they can get what they want. Everybody can't do that. Aaron Rodgers is in that company where he's going to be able to do that. And I know that maybe everything didn't shake out the exact way he wanted it to, but maybe it did. I mean, did you ever think he wasn't playing for Green Bay in 2020 or Never. 2021? So are you telling me his grand scheme was Randall Cobb? No, his grand scheme is to get what he wants, get his contract renegotiated where he can go somewhere else. I think he wants out, but he realizes he's got to run it back one more time. I, I, I do believe that. I, I looked at his contract. You could look at his contract before all these negotiations happen, and you realize, look, if Green Bay don't want to move on from him, he's either going to have to retire or he's got to play for Green Bay. And I don't think any of us – Believe the whole he wants to be a host of Jeopardy and so he's just going to retire. I didn't buy that. I didn't buy that at all. And I don't think that anyone who had a, any kind of a football mind and has been watching the game and knows how elite he is, you're only elite for a while. <laughs> your, your, your window closes. 
And I know someone will say, well, look at Tom Brady. Okay, he's different. He's a different dude. He's made in the lab or something. I don't know. I don't know why he's so great for so long. Every year we say, oh, this is going to be the last year, and then it's not. Aaron Rodgers is elite. I'm not going to sit out a year. I'm not going to pass up all that dough. I'm not going to do that to go do Jeopardy. You could do Jeopardy anytime. You could be 70 and do Jeopardy. No disrespect, but I'm just saying you can. You got a small window when you can do, you could actually be on the field and play. Aaron Rodgers could do like I'm doing right now, sit behind a microphone and talk until he's tired of talking. He could do that. And people will tune into that. You can't play on the field forever. You've got a small window regardless. So, so in his grand scheme, they get him Randall Cobb. Let's say they make it to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl. You still think he's leaving? Yes. Yes, it's the last dance. Look, if they could do, if they could break up the Bulls who just won six rings, well, three and three, you could break up anybody. I mean, you know, who thought the Commodores would have broke up? They did. Whoever thought Destiny's Children were going to break up? They did. Destiny's just child. saying. Just saying. Who would have thought the new edition would have broke up? They did. I think you could have seen that coming. Bobby I mean, probably the egos got in the way, but still. There's, there's, there's just, I mean, you don't always stick together. Sometimes you, you got to go your Ain't own separate come ways. nobody to see you, Otis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, the point is, everyone you know, goes their separate way at a certain point. Nothing stays, stays the same. There's Warrior fans who still can't believe KD left. Why not? And he will get in a space to defend why he left. If you... Oh, and I don't want to go there. Please don't go there. <laughs> That's Come on, I need more NFL players to be like the NBA guys. Like Aaron Rodgers, he ain't doing nothing at training camp. He don't need to throw no balls. I just need for, like him to see a tweet like, man, I think Aaron Rodgers just need to man up and play. And he tweet right back at him. I think you need to shut up because you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, That's what I need to see. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see that anytime <laughs> soon. I don't think you're going to see that anytime soon. But, yeah, Aaron Rodgers back in the fold. See what the Packers do this year and see what happens afterwards. But I do expect number 12 to be playing with another team next year. I don't know who it is. And honestly, like I said yesterday, it doesn't bother me at all. doesn't bother me. Let's just see what he does this year. Let's see what all the teams across the league do this year. And there will be a team or multiple teams that will be trying to pony up for his, his, uh, his efforts and his, you know, his services. So we'll, we'll see that, but that's a, a year from now. Uh, how about this? One of these transactions happened yesterday, and one of these transactions happened today. Uh, the Washington football team and Jonathan Allen, stud defensive lineman, uh, he agreed to a, a four-year, $72 million deal with the team, $30 million signing bonus. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a dude, man. He, he puts in work from the interior part of that Washington defensive line, which has a lot of first-round picks on it and a lot of studs on it. He's got 17 career sacks, and not bad at all for, again, an interior defensive lineman. Everyone's not Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald gets that in a season. Aaron Donald's a different dude (laughs) you want to talk about different dudes he's a different dude but uh, Jonathan Allen really really good player well they doubled down today and they took care of their tight end Logan Thomas and I wanted to bring this to the table because the Raiders have a guy who's a tight end who's pretty good and I say that the most sarcastically way possible he's a really good tight end in Darren Waller but uh, Logan Thomas was hooked up and uh, locked up today by the Washington football team they gave him a 24 million dollar deal over the next three years uh, $10.3 million in guarantee. He is now the seventh highest paid tight end in the NFL. You can take uh, underpaid had, just off that. He had a breakout year uh, in 2020, 72 catches and uh, with a couple quarterbacks. And so now he's going to actually have uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick for the majority of the year, if not the whole year. So uh, Logan Thomas gets hooked up by the Washington football team. And again, going back to Darren Waller, what do you think his value is, DeMond? Oh, it's, it's, it's outrageous because 
it's it's one it's one or two however you want to say it he's the second best tight end in the league even Gruden was saying it today he's going to have a bigger role in the offense how does he have a bigger role in the offense considering what he did last season well, that's everyone's got to. Everyone's got to continue like, to. You got to continue to evolve because it's like cliche. It's like, well, we all have to get better. Everybody can be better, but you know what? What Waller it would be like. How much better can I get, Coach? Well, I'll tell you. He could. He can put more work in as far as blocking. We all know that John Gruden wants to run the rock. He's got two really good running backs in Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. Uh, Darren Waller is going to be expected to do more dirt on the def- on the offensive line, you know, and, and be that guy, be that blocking tight end as well as a guy that can, uh, you know, go out and receive and 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 be a mismatch nightmare. He's got to get his George Kittle on, you yeah, know, you George Kittle. That's much. that's the credit. No, it's not asking too much. <laughs> no, it's not. Why would it be asking too much? My expectations for you aren't just to do just to press buttons. My expectations for you are to do a lot of things, and every single day, I think I put more on your plate. Yeah, you think, do, but I mean, I don't think there's ever time where you say Q. That's too much. Yeah, but tight ends these days, I mean, he's like, yo, I can get you close to a hundred catches. You know, you know, that's what he's doing, right? You want to put in his hand in the ground? Yes, basically. I want him to be a, a yes. I want him to be what they say a three tool or a five tool guy. I want him to be. I want him to have every element of the game down. Yeah, and I think you would ask Darren Waller. He'd say the same thing. Yeah, he would say it. I think he believes it. Darren Waller's a worker. He's a worker, man. You're, I think you're getting caught up in, in, in guys that feel like they do something so good that they don't have to do anything else. I'm not saying that he doesn't want to work hard. I'm, just, I'm not saying that he doesn't want to become a better blocker. But if it was like, if it was like oh, what, can we, what do I want to see more out of him? Just keep being the best receiving tight end in football, buddy. Of course. No, he's, he's got to continue to be the best that he is. But with that being said, I think him working at, on some more technique and working on some of his blocking skills and making him a guy that doesn't have to come off the field at all. You know, in in a in an obvious running down, maybe on a fourth and one, you want him to be on the on the field for multiple reasons. You know, so the so the defense doesn't realize, okay, Josh Jacobs is about to get it and try to you know bounce it outside and pick up a first down. No, I mean that you want there to be so many different elements. You got to think about well, Waller's on the field. Anytime Waller's on the field, you have to think he's going to get the ball. I mean, there's just so many different elements to it. You always, as a player, want to continue to evolve your game. You know, and then as you start to slow down and you're not as athletic and you're not, you know, that same mismatch nightmare as you were maybe a couple seasons ago, all of a sudden you bring out another tool that makes you just as valuable. There's, there's, I mean, you've got to, you've got to continue to reinvent yourself. Like my guy E40 said in the Bay, I mean, he's been, he's been rapping for how many years? Continues to reinvent himself. Still got the ooh for the tagline though. Ooh. <laughs> got to keep those staples. Oh, I mean, you know that. I mean, he's got, he's got his, He's got his things that he do, does consistently, but at the same time, man, you got to re- reinvent yourself. You can't lose that. You can't lose that. And my final little note for Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day, uh, I mentioned it before we took a break earlier. Deshaun Watson has no restrictions. The NFL has said no restrictions on him at Houston, Texas camp, even though the investigation is ongoing. Uh, they're obviously treating this with kids' gloves. They're obviously being very careful on what they do and the rulings that they make and the decisions that they make uh, as it doesn't come back to bite them in the backside. Uh, I'm going to tell you I'm very shocked by this. I'm shocked that they have not decided to put them on either the the commissioner's exempt list or what, but as of right now, they have not. Now, that doesn't mean things won't change. By the time Vinny gets on here at 4 o'clock, things may have changed. But as of right now, he's got 22 active civil lawsuits. And according to uh, attorney yesterday, uh, Busby said that there's 10 – criminal 
cases that are against him, and a couple of them have not even sued him. They're not even part of the civil suit. So that's a lot to have on a guy's helmet. You know what? Because it's getting scary at this point. He's still okay. It's getting scary because I do believe, you know, I know it's innocent until proven guilty, but it's like, "Eh, I think something went on here. But it's getting scary because, like, training camp, and then we got preseason games, and then the season's going to start. They're going to have to make a decision soon. Yeah, I think they're. I think they're dragging their feet for the court system to play out. Or, but it's like, what if that? What if you, the NFL, need to make a decision before the courts make a decision? Well, I'll tell you, because it's a bad look. Because you don't want, like, let's say the middle of the season, it's like, oh, he's arrested on all these charges, and then the you as the NFL, it's like, well, you and you let him play eight games. And you well, knew that this was happening? And then you're going to have guys like Zeke Elliott that say, wait a minute, hold on, I got suspended for, what, six games? For what? I never got charged with anything. You know. Then you're going to have guys like Tom Brady say, wait a minute, I got suspended for a deflated ball? You know what I mean? You know, it's, like, it's like the element. And again, I can never second guess what the NFL's rules are and, and what they decide to come down with and, and where their, their allegiance lies because it seems like it's very inconsistent. But uh, very, very shocked as of right now uh, that they – that they have not made a made a ruling on Deshaun Watson. And I know I said that was my final note for cover three, but I have to give this one before I take a break. Raider fans will not find this surprising. The Patriots have placed Trent Brown and Kyle Van Noy on active, physically unable to perform list. Just saying. Not trying to dog them. Not trying to say Trent Brown's going to continue to do Trent Brown things. And we all know that being on the active, physically unable to perform list, he doesn't have to stay on it long. But is anyone in Raider Nation shocked that Trent Brown is on the active, physically unable to perform hey, list? Hey, but let me Patriots? say this, though. He updated his profile pic on Twitter. <laughs> Not a Boy, my boy looking fly. Not a caring the word about this football y'all talking about. He'll see you when he see you. Man, look, I just retweeted it. Look at that profile pic. He, Ooh, I'm not. I will not. I'm actually going to unfollow you now that you retweeted that. Man, my boy is wearing like a leopard skin suit. It's like a short suit, too. So he got some shorts on, showing them legs, jacket open, you know, laughing, having a good time. Yeah, he's cashing those checks. I'm not mad at him. Just not surprised that he's on the active, physically unable to perform list. The greatest underdog. Yeah. <laughs> He'll show you. Okay. He'll show all of you. All right, 322 is the time. That's all I got for Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day. I have to drop it after DeMond backs up and says that Trent Brown's his boy, and I think you said that, what, three times? Never never said he was my boy. You definitely (laughs) said my boy. You definitely said my boy. I I mean, come on, man. The greatest underdog. You definitely said my boy. Somebody's got to believe in him. Oh, yeah, well, I'll let you go ahead and believe in him. Coming up at 3.30, my guy, a guy that I do believe in, (laughs) Steven Simcox. Now, that's a guy I believe in. That's my dude. He'll join us to talk about Trayvon Merrick and the expectations that Raider Nation should have for the second-year safety out of TCU. We're live right now at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. I always say it's just you're a different dude when you're a Raider. What? What? I mean, what do? do is that correct? Do you feel that same way? There's there's no question about it, and uh, you know, and it's, it's if you haven't experienced it, it's probably hard to understand. What the f- does that mean? Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center here in Henderson. Raiders HQ is what we like to call it. Unnecessary go, Roughness. Coming up in just a few minutes, we'll hear from my guy, my former co-host in ESPN Central Texas, Steven Simcox, host of Locked On TCU. We'll talk all things Trayvon Merrick, second round pick out of TCU. And I don't know about that rejoin, DeMond. I don't know. 
I don't think you get it. I'm going to learn you, man. I'm going to learn you on what it means to be a member of Raider Nation. What is, it's just different. I told you. I tried to explain it to you. At some point, you'll understand. You'll click and you'll say, I get it now, Q. Seems that everybody's, that's, that's everybody's answer to it is just like, you just don't get it. Oh, you're you- going to get it, though. <laughs> you're going to get it. I'm going to learn you. I know one person that can help learn you. I absolutely do. And we're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line to go ahead and hear from her at 702-365-9200. That's Just Win Wendy. What's on your mind? Welcome to Unnecessary Roughness. Hey. Hi, Q. Hey, what's happening? Well, listen, um, you got me to laugh out loud. That's for sure. When I heard about Trip Brown, I was just like, oh, my God, that is so hilarious. You know, um, no, we're not surprised. No, no, <laughs> not at all. Nope, we're not. Okay, and, um, you know, don't worry about DeMond. Let him be, let him, be him. He, he's, he's just really interesting to hear once in a while. Um, his views are, are different than some of ours, but that's okay. We're, we're good with that. Yeah, it's, it's all, he's a good dude. DeMond's a good yeah. dude. Yeah, okay. So as far as the defense was, I've been thinking about this for a month, and I wanted to wait till we got this close, and now we're on training camp. I can't believe it. Um, I feel like this year it's going to be Al's defense. That's where I'm wishing and hoping and visualizing many, many sacks. I mean, I won't go as far as Mike or some of the other people. Matt, I guess it was. Um, But um, I'm saying we're going to get sacks in the first five games, in the first two series of each game, we're going to get a sack. Mm, okay. And it'll be Al's. It'll be Al's defense because he wanted us to get a sack right away. We want yeah. the quarterback to go down hard, like you right. got on your, on your yes on your thing. And yep. we, so that's what I'm looking forward to. I think um, between the three of them, Clee and Max and Yannick, you know, they're going to be a triple threat. Nobody's going to know who's playing which position sometimes, and they're okay. going to get it. They're gonna get it. They're gonna there get it. There it is. I hear you. Thank you for the call. That's just win Wendy right there. And she she said they're gonna get it. She mentioned Clee Furl, mentioned Max Crosby and Unique and Gakwe, three headed monster getting after the quarterback and uh the getting after the quarterback early and getting after the quarterback often is something that they're gonna need to do if they're gonna wanna take a step in the right direction in that defense and help that back end, help that secondary step its game up and Speaking of that secondary, let's not waste any more time. Let's go out to the Raider Nation hotline and welcome in my good buddy, my homeboy. And I could say he's my homeboy because, well, we spent the airwaves together for a very, very long time on ESPN Central Texas. My man, Steven Simcox, current host of Locked On TCU. And, Steven, man, I appreciate your time this afternoon. I know you're hanging out with the family in Central Texas. And before we get into anything TCU-related, Trayvon Merrick-related, man, how's Central Texas these days? I was good, Q. Uh, I think you left at the right time. I'm not sure what the weather in Vegas is, but it's it's getting to that Texas heat where, you know, it's over 100 degrees. But, uh, yeah, good to talk to you. Good to be on the radio with you again. And I'm just trying to follow Just Win Wendy. That was a great breakdown of the Raiders' fast rush. So hopefully we can keep this train going. <laughs> Absolutely. And I will let you know before we get into it, Corey, my dude, a guy who always checked in on our show in, in, in Central Texas, sent a text message on our uh, Sam and Ash text line and said, hey, make sure you tell Steven I said hello. So uh, Corey, my dude, that's in your neck of the woods, uh, sent a text message my way to let you know that, uh, that he misses you and glad that you're on the show as well. Thank you, Corey. And uh, yeah, it's great to hear that people have followed you. I knew that was going to happen. But uh, yeah, when they, when they start pulling these streaming numbers, 
if folks are wondering why there's so many listens in the Central Texas area, it's because, uh, well, people follow work you guys, and now they're listening to the Raider Nation Radio. There it is. There it is. Well, I do appreciate you, my man. Like I said, uh, spending a few minutes with us today, this afternoon, uh, on Unnecessary Roughness, a show that you know very well. And I wanted to ask you about Trayvon Merrick. Uh, you're the guy who, who does Locked On TCU. You're the guy who went to TCU. You follow uh, what Gary Patterson and the Horn Frogs have done like a glove. So... As training camp opens, Stephen, Trayvon Merrick, in my opinion, is expected to be the day one starter at that free safety position. Uh, what are the things that you've seen from Trayvon from the minute he stepped foot on uh, campus there in Fort Worth to him eventually being drafted by the Raiders? How have you seen him progress in his game? Well, the first thing that really stands out with Trayvon is just the ball skills. I mean, he makes plays on the ball. He had seven interceptions over his career, only two in 2020, but it was a shorter 10-game season. And Teams weren't throwing to him as much, but the interceptions and the pass deflections, I think that's what's going to stand out to Raiders fans immediately. Uh, he's, I think he's got a good size. I mean, he's a little slight at 6 feet and 200 pounds. I feel like the biggest area where he grew was making plays, you know, in support, like behind the line of scrimmage in the run game, being a sure tackler, being somebody who could come up and be a little more versatile and not just a uh, kind of back-end center field safety. And, and the other thing was, in that defense that Gary Patterson runs, it's a four-two-five. He really asked a lot of his players as far as um, he has a complex scheme, complex calls. He tries to treat it almost like uh, offensive coordinator street and offense, where all three levels are doing different things. It's able to adjust on the fly because, as you know, Q, a lot of Big 12 offenses run tempo. They're getting up and right. fast. They'll show you different sets and try to use a lot of deception. Um, to get your defense on its heels. So Trayvon really stepped up his last two seasons and was sort of the quarterback of that defense, or at least the quarterback of that secondary, making sure guys knew what their assignments were, uh, sort of directing traffic back there, making sure nobody was leaking out and getting a free run or an easy catch. So those are the areas that he really grew in. And obviously, you know, picking up an NFL defense, learning a new system, that's going to be huge these first few weeks as he fits into training camp. Talking right now with Stephen Simcox, host of Locked On TCU here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 Unnecessary Roughness. And as far as Trayvon's leadership, because as I mentioned, I believe he's going to be a day one starter at that free safety position. The Raiders, in my opinion, are going to slide Jonathan Abram up to play kind of that Cam Chancellor role in that old traditional uh, Seattle Seahawks, uh, you know, Legion of Boom type defense where he's more in the box. How much, how quickly do you think uh, Trayvon is able to pick up a, a defense and, and, like you said, kind of be almost the quarterback on that back end since he'll be the last line of defense? I would think he should be able to do it well. And as you said, he kind of has a specific role. I think that's a huge help that there is. Uh, of that and Abram that's there and is doing some different things and Trayvon can kind of focus on, you know, his aspect of the defense. Um, but as far as being cerebral and, and picking things up, I think that won't be a problem for him. You know, leadership, Gary said, Gary Patterson said in the draft process, that was something that also uh, was an area where he really grew. He's not the most vocal person just by nature, but obviously with the way he played and his work ethic, guys started to follow him. And as he, you know, came into his own more, and I feel like saw that players respected him. He was more vocal. He was somebody that would try to fire guys up and, um, you know, have conversations and tell them what they need to do and, and what being a, you know, a TC Hornfrog was. So he'll still step into a new role as a rookie, but I, I believe that he's going to work hard, come in, be a good example, and then 
you know, as he gets more confident, maybe we'll see some of that vocal leadership that he showed at TCU and that fire that he showed late in his career. You know, one of the things I've said about Trayvon, and I mentioned it to you multiple times, I feel like he'll be a really good player for the Raiders if he could be that eraser on that back end where he can allow a defensive back like a, a Damon Arnett or a Trayvon Mullen to go and try to make a play. And if they don't, uh, if they don't make that play, similar to what you saw maybe from Richard Sherman in his early days with Seattle, he could be that Earl Thomas and kind of create or, or, or clean up the mistake, you know, just be a, a really good eraser. Can you imagine, can you see Trayvon being – I don't. I hate to put Earl Thomas that name on him because we know how great Earl was at, at a point in his career. But can you see him having that eraser type skill? I can. I think that'll be somewhat of an adjustment for him, just because at TCU, uh, Coach Patterson plays a lot of man. Okay. So that's a ton of responsibility in his corners, but also the safeties. You know, depending on the formation. But yes, as I said when we first started talking, you know, the ball skills are really what jumps off the page with him. And I think that's such an instinctual thing. I mean, you can try to coach that. You can try to set that as an expectation, as a priority. But the bottom line is uh, the guys that create turnovers at the high school level, at the college level, they're probably going to do it at the NFL. The ones that don't, right. you don't just become a corner or a safety, I feel like, that starts making plays on the ball and driving on the ball. Um, I feel like that's just about instincts and attitude and ability to make plays. So with his ability to do that, yes, I, I believe that he could come in and be someone at the back end of that defense that, okay, maybe a receiver feels like he has a half a step or a step on someone, and here comes, you know, Trey to make that play over the top or um, to make a big hit to jostle the ball out. I, I think that's an area where he'll excel. So I do believe that that's, some, that that's a, a, a role where he could step in and contribute right away. Now, that's a, a lot of good stuff that we've talked about, Trayvon Merrick. We've talked about his expectations and how he can step in and play a really good role for the Raiders early in his career. Uh, if you had to point out something that you say, okay, you know what, Q, he needs to improve in this area, what would you say it, it would be? So I, I think the biggest thing is just strength and, and durability. He wasn't someone that missed a ton of games, but it always felt like he was kind of playing banged up. Yeah, he had like a nagging shoulder injury. I know uh, during the combine process, he had a hip issue that dropped his 40 time a little bit. He wasn't happy with that. So can you be 100% or can you at least find a way to play through that? And then the other thing is, I mean, he was someone that made plays behind the line of scrimmage at times, but it was mainly, you know, tackling a wide receiver on a screen or, you know, making a nice read and coming up. I felt like it was all about sort of his instincts. He is a little small for the NFL game. So, you have Abram, you have Carl Joseph, you have guys on that Raiders team that I believe are, are equipped to make up for that. But if he's going to be asked to do some of those things and run support, is he able to do it? Or is he able to you know, make open field tackles on a big running back if somebody breaks through the line? Um, those are the only things I would say that might come up as red flags because that just wasn't really something he was asked to do a lot at TCU. Um, I think he figured it out as far as you know making reads and tackling smaller wide receivers behind the line of scrimmage, but he wasn't asked to do a ton as far as run support and, and maybe coming on a safety blitz. So if they need him to do that or if that situation comes up, um, is he someone that can be relied upon to, to make those plays? 
That's something that he'll definitely have to work on, and, and that's what they have training camp for. That's what they got the preseason for is to try to get acclimated to the NFL game because it's a different animal uh, when you're on the highest level. And, uh, Stephen, before I let you go, and this has been great, man, I definitely appreciate your time. Uh, what were your thoughts? And I know there's been a major meltdown in Central Texas. I know there's been a major meltdown in the Big 12 with uh, OU and Texas uh, bailing in the next couple years. And what, what, what's been the reactions that you've taken in? What was your reaction to hearing that they were about to leave the Big 12? And where does that leave the Big 12 standing after, uh, after it's all said and done? I think the thing that shocked me the most, Q, was they were able to keep this under wraps for so long. This is obviously something that Texas and OU have been communicating with the SEC for a long time, and nobody knew it. And if not for Texas A&M leaking it out and essentially trying to sabotage it, right. I'm not sure if we would have known before this – joint statement came out on Monday. Uh, I mean, I'm disappointed as someone who likes the Big 12. I, I really can't see the league uh, being viable as is. They might add some teams, but I, I just I don't know who you add to that makes it um, a league that is big on the national footprint. I mean, like it or not, Texas and Oklahoma were the two big brands in that conference. OU, I'm disappointed, but at the same time, like they've dominated the Big 12. I really can't be mad at them for looking at the landscape and saying, hey, let's jump ship. The thing that makes me mad, Q, is that I just feel like Texas is getting bailed out. I mean, at the end of the day, right. they've underachieved for the past decade plus, especially in football and men's basketball, and now they're getting to jump to the SEC and essentially write their own check. And I understand it. Like, I, I get that the TV money and you know the eyeballs go to Texas when they're playing. It's just unfortunate to see a program that was mismanaged for so long and is now getting this opportunity. Uh, I don't know what TCU does. I don't know what Baylor does, Texas Tech. That's one of the big questions that we've been discussing over the last few days. The Pac-12 has come up, but is the Pac-12 even interested, right? Like, right. I know those schools want to make that move because it'd be a Power 5 conference. Does the Pac-12 want to expand? We don't know. There's a lot of dominoes. As far as the Big 12 goes, though, I mean, they could add SMU. They could add Houston. Those are some teams, as you know, Q, that have come up in the past when we talked about expansion with the league. Yeah. But ultimately, that's not going to, I think, even on a 12-team playoff, really move the needle much. So it's a big mess, and if I had to guess right now, I feel like the Big 12 probably dissolves in a couple of years, and uh, maybe the majority of those schools find their way in the Big 10 or the ACC or the Pac-12. I do think there will be two or three, though, that just are on the outside looking in and kind of have to find a new route to go. Yeah. I mean, they might come, become the Mountain West. I mean, you know, they're, they're, another, yeah. they're, they're another conference they will be similar to uh, the Mountain West, and that's not me trying to be disrespectful. It's just, I mean, the Big 12 going from a Power 5, uh, that Power 5 may not be there uh, after that. Hey, Stephen, great stuff, man. Uh, I definitely appreciate you. I miss you, brother. Uh, I will say this before I let you go. Corey, my dude, responded again on the Sam and Ash text line and said, P.S., I hate both of y'all for leaving Central Texas Radio. Now I don't have anyone to listen to. Damn you, Q and Steven. So I wanted to pass that along before I let you go. <laughs> well, sorry, Corey, uh, but I'm really happy for you, Q. I'm glad you got this opportunity. and Good to hear on the radio, and thanks so much for having me on today. Yeah, absolutely. And, hey, what, what do you got coming out on the podcast that uh, anyone should be on the lookout for because you do a great job on Lock, Locked on TCU? Well, thank you. Yeah, Locked on TCU, uh, we'll have plenty of coverage of Trayvon Merrigan that goes through training camp. But the big discussion right now as we kind of closed on here was realignment. Uh, or Texas and OU have made it official that they're leaving the league. So what does that mean for TCU? Uh, we'll discuss that. And 
football's not too far away. No. I mean, the fall camp for colleges will start soon, so we'll have um, plenty of coverage about that as well in the next few weeks. Great stuff, brother. Great stuff. Keep doing what you do, man, and uh, keep putting out that great content. Of course, I'll continue to retweet, promote you, and uh, anything I can do on my end, man, you, you don't hesitate. The number's always the same. I appreciate you. Same to you, Q. Thank you, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. There you go. Steven Simcox. You can find him on Twitter at Simcox Steven. Host of Locked on TCU. Does a great job. Good breakdown right there of Trayvon Merrick. Raider Nation, what you should expect from the second round safety out of TCU. We got about ah, 15 minutes left in the show. It's 345. We're live right now at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. That's right, Raiders HQ. Very excited to bring you today's show. Uh, hit the hit the the, the Raider the Raider Nation listener line right now. Hit us up 702-365-9200. Want to know your thoughts on realistic expectations for the defense this year under Gus Bradley, new defensive coordinator in year one? What are your thoughts? Again, hit the Raider Nation listener line 702-365-9200 or the Salmon Ash text line six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Visit them at salmonash.com because you. Deserve what's right. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. You know what, he's, uh, he's got a great pedigree. You know, his dad was a good player in the league for a long time, linebacker with the Chiefs. I never liked his dad much. But uh, he's, he's a great kid. Uh, I think he's, he's got the three technique traits that Rod Marinelli's looking for, the get-off. Uh, he can slant, he can move, he can pursue, he loves it. Uh, he's got a little tweak in his back right now. We hope to get him out here by, by next week. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. You heard right there John Gruden talking about undrafted free agent Darius Steeles out of West Virginia. That's actually the question that I asked at the press conference today. And Boy, it feels good to say that. Ask a question at the press conference in person, not by way of Zoom, but be there in the in the room. Darius Steeles is a guy that I have high expectations for, not necessarily saying he's going to be a big impact player this year, but I do think that the Raiders got them a good one as an undrafted free agent. He's a guy that a lot of Raider Nation gonna kind of freaked out when they saw the Raiders put out uh, the email and the notice about some transactions that happened before camp, and he's a guy that's you know on the non-active injury list. I don't know the exact wording, I apologize, but the he's not going to start training camp practicing. Let's just put it like that. And uh, He's a guy that tweeted out, hey, you know, it's not going to be very long. I'll be 100%. I'm 100 for a training camp. Don't worry. And still a lot of Raider Nation was like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? What's up with this guy? He's injured. He told me by way of direct message on Twitter that, hey, no worries. Uh, I don't know the exact day that I'll start training camp, but I'll be, I'll be good. You know, so I, I felt really good about him. Uh, on that moment, and he's on the non-football injury list. That's that's what it is, to be 100% correct. So right there you can hear from John Gruden. He likes some of his traits, thinks that he has some some uh, areas that he can work with on that defensive line uh, with Rod Marinelli, and he could be a contributor. He's just got you know, get 100% healthy, but it sounds like it's everything is made really, really minor, which is a good thing. 350 is the time. Throwing out the question there on the – Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200 and the Salmon Ash text line as well at 69187, keyword R&R, about the Raiders' defense and your reasonable, realistic expectations for year one under Gus Bradley. What do you believe you know, that they can do? What do you think that this defense can absolutely do? And Got a good text. My expectations for this 2021 Raiders defense is simple. A playoff defense. 
Like Pritch says in the morning, no more excuses. I'm expecting, in capitals, a playoff team this year. It doesn't necessarily mean top five, but let's say a a solid top 15 to 20. If the defense can cause turnovers and make a few stops, that should help us win an extra two to three games, which should lead us to the playoffs. That comes from Junebug from the Bay. I love that text. I love that text. Junebug, thank you so much. Make sure you visit SalmonAsh.com because you deserve what's right, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a number, you know, and we had that text earlier about it being an opportunistic defense. It doesn't necessarily have to have a number on it about, well, you got to be top 15. You got to be top 10. It's got to be a defense that can step up and make a play when needed. And like Junebug said, a playoff defense. Create a turnover. Make a few stops here and there when, when needed the most. Could help the Raiders win a couple games. I can think of three games in particular. And I know these are the ones that really step out, you know, stand out to Raider Nation. Miami. Uh, opportunistic opportunity right there. Make a play. Make a play, you win that game. Chargers, make a play, win that game. Chiefs, make a play or two, win that game. Guess what? That's three games all at home. Mike Mayock told me last week, hey, we were two and six at home. We've got to do a lot better. Those three wins right there would have given them five wins at home. That would have changed, that would have changed uh, even the expectations and the thoughts on playing at Allegiant Stadium, right? Instead of going two and six, come up with five wins, go, go five and three, it's a lot better than two and six. So thank you so much, Junebug. And by the way, doesn't everybody have a Junebug in their family? Damon, I know you got a, a of cousin. Of course, Junebug. of course. I was just about to say, yeah. man, man, ain't heard from a Junebug in a while. Everybody's got Junebug in their family. Someone's got a, a, a cousin Junebug, Uncle Junebug. Um, I had a, you know, it's funny. I had a, I, I got a Junebug in my family, but I also had a, a I want to say Uncle Fraha. How many people have an Uncle Fraha? You might be alone on that one. <laughs> I had one though. I mean, I, I say I had. I still do. Fraha? I, I don't. I don't really communicate so you with really them. Really be like Uncle Fraha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We. I, I believe it was Uncle. It might have been cousin. But they go Fraha. Oh, you yeah, know Fraha. yeah, yeah. Let's put it like that, man. <laughs> that was Fraha. But everyone's got a June bug in their family. I don't care what walk of life you're from. I don't care if you're black, white, Mexican, whatever, whatever Asian. It don't matter. Everyone's got a a a a, a June bug in their family. Especially and, when you're from the south, though. You might you be like you know June bug. Which June bug? Yeah. The, hey, man. I'll tell you right now. I'm not from the South, but I spent plenty of time in, in Texas, man. I, I got to Texas in 2010, and I just recently left. So I ran across a bunch of June bugs. So shout out to Junebug from the Bay. I definitely appreciate that text, and please don't allow that to be your last text. I love the interaction on the show. I love to bring content to the show, but uh, it's about Raider Nation. That's why it's called Raider Nation Radio 920. You are what this radio station is all about. Um, I don't know if you heard in the commercial break, if you are paying attention, but the Rolling Stones are going to be at Allegiant Stadium. If you're listening to the morning show, uh, the morning tailgate with, with, uh, with, with Clay on Friday, it'll be, Pritch will be in with them. They'll be giving away tickets to the Rolling Stones at Allegiant Stadium. They actually, the tickets go on sale 10 a.m. on Friday, but you can win them before you can buy them by listening to the morning tailgate with Pritch and Clay on, uh, on Friday on Raider Nation Radio 920. Not only that, I did want to tell you about another promotion that we have going on, NBA Summer League. It's one of my favorite events that comes to Vegas. If you want to be there, you want to win a family four-pack of tickets plus an opportunity to win a, a jersey, Go to our website, lvsportsnetwork.com, click on NBA Summer League, and sign up today and continue to listen to the radio station because we will be giving out tickets to NBA Summer League, something I love to be a part of and I'll definitely be in attendance to 
a lot this uh, this summer because it's fun. It's when you get to know these players before they become superstars and you don't get to talk to them anymore. It's just a reality of it. But Summer League is always great action. Thomas and Max and also the, uh, the Cox the Cox Pavilion. So you definitely want to be aware of that. And that's going to do it. Uh, you can find all our shows here on LVSportsNetwork.com. Following the show, DeMond's definitely going to put that up. But coming up next, my guy, my tag team partner in the huddle, Vinny Bonson. You are sat next to him at the media session this afternoon with John Gruden. He'll tell you his breakdowns, his thoughts, and he'll bring it to you next for the next two hours in the huddle. Vinny Bonson, you're up on your radio dial. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. We'll see you tomorrow.